Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives in the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you had a wonderful week. As you guys are listening to this, I am finally on summer vacation. Ah, I'm just so glad to be done with work, to get to spend some time outside, hiking, kayaking, swimming, all the fun things. I'm going to be in Door County, Wisconsin, uh, but I was able to record before I left and chat all things Atlanta, OC, some of the drama going on with a potential Vanderpump Rules spinoff. There's just, you know, it's all happening. (laughs) Uh, For those of you who can't get enough of me, you can also find me um, this weekend. I was on Pet Shop Boys podcast, Life on the B-List. So be sure to check out that. Um, I'll you know, post about it and everything on Instagram. So this week I have Kelly Lasko on. She's the manager at the Duplex Diner, which is an LGBTQ bar in Washington, D.C. I met her when I was there for a Vanderpump Rules watch party and a Bravo themed trivia, which was so, so much fun. Just a quick reminder that I am still doing a fundraiser for HIAS, which is an organization that helps refugees and help to resettle my father. I actually ended up talking to someone this week from Iran who was resettled six years ago by HIAS, and that was incredible. So if you're interested in donating, please go to my Instagram page at Mandy Slutsker and click on the picture of my dad's family and there'll be a button to donate. I am matching all the donations. um, So any little bit you can give would be greatly appreciated. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, go ahead, give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. It helps me get good guests, new guests. If you have ideas for guests, reach out to me, let me know. I think I am getting close to 400 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you haven't ever reviewed it and you just want to do something nice today, go ahead and leave a review. Um, Always appreciate hearing input from you all, including when you disagree with me. Um, you can reach me at Mandy Slutsker in my DMs on Instagram. I know some of you disagreed with me this week about some stuff related to Andy Cohen, and I talk about it on the podcast. Um, I stand very firm in my position, but you know, always hear, appreciate hearing another viewpoint, especially if there's something that maybe I overlooked or missed. All right, guys. I hope you have a fantastic week. We'll take a quick break and then I'm back with Kelly. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Hi, 
Hi, everyone. I am here with Kelly Lasko, who is a manager at the Duplex Diner in Washington, D.C. I met her because I was at the Duplex Diner when they did a special trivia night that included Bravo trivia. And then afterwards, they had a watch party for Vanderpump Rules. So she's a huge Vanderpump Rules and Bravo fan. And I was like, who put this together? And here we are. How are you doing today, Kelly? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to talk all things Bravo. I'm excited too. So there's so many things going on with Bravo, but one that kind of broke this week was a story about how there may be a spinoff to Vanderpump Rules that includes Jax, Brittany, and Kristen. Wondering, would you watch something like that? Do you think we need spinoffs? Is this going to be sort of like a Marvel universe of Bravo? <laughs> a spinoff of a spinoff? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's a good comparison. I always feel like we need spinoffs or this spinoff in particular. Um, the last I had heard Raquel had not signed for her contract or whatever. So we weren't sure about like the next season. Although I did hear a rumor that they started filming the regular season. So I'm not sure if that includes the spinoff, but I would definitely welcome back given the controversy, Jack, Brittany, especially Kristen. Um, I definitely think Kristen being back in the mix can never, it, it would never be a bad thing. It can never go wrong. Um, so yeah, so I would, I would be into it. She really is, and I have been listening to the pod, her podcast, just based on when all the news broke, I was trying to kind of stay current with all the other podcasts, and I will say, I just think, yeah, she'll always make good TV, so I am down for a spinoff. Yeah, I feel like I will definitely watch it, because I'll watch whatever they throw at me at this point, but it also seems like maybe the news broke a little early, like no one signed on the dotted line of a contract we're not entirely sure if this will come to fruition. And it feels like they maybe want Stassi because there's drama mm-hmm. between Stassi and Bo and Jackson Brittany over Stassi's wedding. And they were supposed to come to the wedding in Italy and then didn't last minute. Um, but I just don't see Stassi doing it. The initial rumor that I heard was that she had kind of like come up with the idea a couple of years ago before mm-hmm. this. I don't know if that's correct, but yeah, I didn't know if they would involve her given the way that she left or if she would even want to be involved. But yeah, I agree. I think it would add a better element if there was like all four of them plus Kristen and the new boyfriends. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like they all got let go not Brittany, but the rest of them for like poor behavior. And so Mm -hmm. like the question is like, were they punished enough? I don't even know what that means is, you know, but for people who say that they weren't canceled, I mean, they were removed from money making opportunities, many, many money making opportunities. So I do feel like there was a response, you know, to what they did. Um, And I don't know. The question is, like, are we over it? Um, Is the viewership over it? And do we just kind of want to see the same group of people as adults? And is that even interesting to watch, like, them be parents? 
you know, is that fun? I don't know. That's not the part of Vanderpump Rules I enjoy watching. You know, it's cute that Sheena has a kid and Lala has a kid, but that's not why I'm tuning in every week. Right. It's like to watch them be neighbors in Palm Springs. You know, is that how exciting is that going to be? I, I completely hear that side of it. So, you know, I, I, I'm down to watch and find out though. You know, I definitely think like you said that if there was some drama between Sassy and Bo and Jax and Brittany, I think that that could add to the spinoff if they can get her signed on as well. <clears throat> but it's kind of curious too, is everybody else going to stay the same in the regular season? You know, Ah, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe they could, you know, have people like Lala, who are friends with both groups, kind of going back and forth. Um, right. Speaking of new TV shows on Bravo, are you getting excited for the new Roni? I am excited. I'm a little worried, although I have heard, I've been watching all the Watch What Happens Live, and obviously Andy is promoting it very heavily, and he has said that he has watched the episodes, and so has staff of watch Robin live and that they love it um i like the diversity of course i like that there's a lesbian on there i'm very down for it but i'm worried um i think when they did dubai there was a little bit of like it was a little like produced almost like the girls were producing themselves so i'm like a little worried about that happening but i'm definitely very excited and curious about it and i think new york really needed a reboot and I love the Sonia Luan side series. I think like that's how we want to watch those women. At least that's how I want to watch those women. But yeah, like I'll watch them on Ultimate Girls Trip. But as far as yeah. a cast with Ramona, a cast that is not the same cast that we had before, it just doesn't seem to work. Whereas mm-hmm. other, I would say like older housewives can work with younger people. It's just she doesn't seem to be able to and it's like you know but we still get our Ramona fix right we'll be we'll be seen and I think that Luann and Sonia are so much funnier yeah I think that that's gonna be like a true like older gal simple life which I'm excited to see them in action but yeah I think if Ramona you know problematic as she is and you know her comment about like who's Kristen you know, from Ultimate oh, Girls Trip, like not even knowing her, her own castmate. And like, yeah, I would think that she was lying, but I, I know that she's not. I know that she literally just was like, who? Even though she threw a glass in her face, she forgot who she was. So, <laughs> And one thing I wanted to touch on before we get into this week's shows are, so the duplex is an LGBTQ bar, correct? Yes. Yeah. So... It's Pride is coming to an end, and something happened during Pride last weekend where Andy Cohen was out at a bar or club, and he was filmed without consent with a younger man on his lap, and he was, you know, canoodling. (laughs) And this, I don't know if you saw, but it was posted online by some blogger or somebody who identifies as gay. So that to me is wild that you would want to maybe out people. But um, there seemed to be an outcry of people were saying like, this is terrible, you should, you know, he's has a right to privacy. And then there was another group of people who were saying he is exploitative of and fetishizes, 
fetishizes young black and brown men and then throws them back into the streets and, you know, he needs to be called out for it and he has, you know, he made all his money being terrible. I don't know, all of that stuff. Um, Have you followed this controversy or do you have thoughts on, you know, as someone who helps run a gay bar creating safe gay spaces? Yeah, I, I did not know about that. This is the first time hearing of it, although I that does not seem surprising to me at all. I, I definitely don't agree with filming someone without their consent and showing it regardless of who you might be canoodling with, making out with, etc. Um, you know, him and Anderson have definitely come to D.C. before and been... You know, Andy has actually been here before a couple times. Um, oh, really? And he has been a, Yeah, he was here years and years ago when I was a server. And I just started watching Bravo and I didn't even know I was waiting on him. And um, then he was here again and just kind of on a, a busy Thursday night and just kind of was very sweet, very chill. You know, had a few drinks. People kind of sat around him. So um, I know that he's been at other bars too. So I would definitely have felt strongly if someone had been like, recording him especially if it was kind of like a hookup situation i mean he has he is a single man has every right to kind of do whatever he's doing um i don't you know because i didn't see the video i don't know yeah. how young the person was you know no I, it was not someone was, under 18 it was okay not but, that kind of a situation it was just someone younger okay. than him so maybe in their 20s yeah. i don't really uh, i got a lot of feedback from people who disagreed with me who were like he is a coke queen and I'm like well what does that have to do with anything or he chooses to date like young black and brown men but you know or hook up with them and I'm like but again I don't see like if people are both consenting I don't know maybe I'm missing something in this but in general pride especially is supposed to create safe spaces for the community And this was something that created an unsafe space and especially not just Andy, but the other other people in the video aren't, oh, they're not, we don't know if they're out, you know? Right. And that could be very damaging to someone who's not out to their family or workplace or the other, you know, or out in general. And that was my first thought. I was like, how dare you? You know, you you think you're taking down the celebrity and look at all these other people who are in the video. Yeah. And I and I it's kind of a little strange of like what the person actually thought that they were taking down anyway. I mean, I I wouldn't speak for anyone that was black or brown. So feelings on that were that's how that person specifically felt. But I mean, just like in heterosexual relationships, it's really not uncommon as you just see. I don't know, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, whichever one is just having a baby with a 20 year old. Like yeah. there is, it is <laughs> I not think uncommon. Both for... of them are having babies yeah, with like 28 yeah. year olds and 24 year yes. olds, <laughs> which is wild. But let's use them as the example. It is not uncommon for a 20 year old female to be with a much older man. So it is not uncommon in the gay world period for an older man to be with a younger man. That is not even like something that I would, Blink and Aya, unless we were getting like into an underage situation. But for oh, the most yeah. part, I mean, it is not uncommon to see a 20 year old queer male with any other age of man. So it's 
you know, that is a very common like occurrence and activity in gay bars. And I, and I completely agree with you about the safe spaces. There should be no judgment or no worry if it's two consenting adults, you know? So I think it's interesting um, that someone would even be videoing that. And I also think that obviously people are attracted to all different types of people and colors of people and identifying, you know, in any gender form that people identify as. So I think it's kind of interesting that that video was taken and then it's kind of been taken in this sense. That's not how I would take it. But again, I'm not sure if the person who took it was offended in particular, you know. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not familiar with that like narrative about Andy Cohen, but I'm someone who in general rejects most blind items. Like I don't, until it's proven to be true, it's not true to me just because someone wrote it or because someone that is a friend of a friend of a friend says they saw something like again, in, unless there's evidence. um, And also I just don't like this idea of like, Oh, I don't like how the celebrity behaves. So therefore they deserve to be publicly humiliated. And I don't care who else I you know, expose along the way. I I don't, it's just not how I roll. <laughs> no, it, yeah, 100%. And I, I do not roll that way either. And I, and I just find it to be interesting because if it was a consenting moment in, in a quiet or in a loud safe space, which all LGBTQ spaces, you know, try Should to provide, I, yeah. it's interesting to me that it was even like brought up. And if that's, who he's attracted to if it happens to be like a black or brown younger man I'm it's kind of confusing where the where the problem lies you know I don't think as far as I've heard that about him or seen that but I you know I don't I wouldn't know and like obviously people can have all types you know yeah oh relationships and attractions so I'm with you and you know you've at least had him in your own bar so yeah you know that's awesome. I I wonder if it was after he spoke at Sixth and I because that was on a Thursday a few months ago. You know, it's funny. I was there at the Sixth and I reading. Oh, you were um, me too. Yes, I was. Oh, that's so funny. And I should have known you would be there. Um, yeah, we went and um, my friend had actually been DMing him, but we he was going to try to get him to come to the diner. But I think he ended up actually like having plans um, from what he said with his like nephew. So I don't know if he uh, went out, but you know, okay. there's always like rumors of like where someone's going to go when there's like a gay celebrity in town. Um, but no, yeah, he did not come here. Um, but you know, I know that he is like friendly. He obviously goes out in fire Island and in New York and in DC. So obviously he's going to meet people and you know, make connections and that is a very typical behavior for any gay male so yeah it's kind of beyond me a little bit but I did not know about that so I have yet to see the video okay I'm speaking just from dm me after you see go on it's mainly it's all on twitter where it's been happening um and it was a few days ago and I just was grossed out by it and so I spoke out because I feel like especially in pride, it's really, really important to remind people that, you know, the importance of safe spaces and also remind people right. that not, just because you and most of the people you may know who are LGBTQ are out and open with their sexuality, not everyone is. And yeah, that's pretty horrible to put other people in that video. I mean, if you wanted to, obviously, they were attempting to shame him, like you mentioned. But if you wanted to, you would at least be blurring out faces or whatever. But to keep other people in that video who you're absolutely right, may or may not be out 
Um, you never know what someone's situation is. So, and, or where they work or what the people that they work with, if they're out with them. And that's always like a very huge concern that we have, especially in this space, you know, is that even if I do know what you do, it's, it, you know, you never know who is out and where they're out, you know, in and becoming a dangerous world once again for this community. So it, it is very important that we have spaces where people can go and are not filmed and are not outed, you know. I 100% agree. And I appreciate the duplex uh, for creating that space in our community. And it being one of many, we're lucky to have uh, many places that you can go, which is which is great. Um, yeah. Wanted to talk a bit about The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I haven't spent a lot yeah. of time discussing it on the podcast because I haven't enjoyed the season so much. But I thought yeah. this episode was a little bit better, maybe, than the last few. What are your thoughts in general on this season of Atlanta? Yeah, so I I tried to watch the newest one um, last night. I got like halfway through it and I fell asleep. I don't think that was anything about that episode. <laughs> no, yes. I, I fall asleep all <laughs> yeah. the time watching Housewives. <laughs> um, recently, I have been doing a deep dive. I've been re-watching seasons. Like we kind of started with Vanderpump. Um, my wife and I, when this was like going on, we started kind of going back to season one. And then um, I kind of started... In New York, I went, I started at like season three and I started the same thing with Atlanta. I kind of started with season one and I was just kind of letting it play. So I wasn't watching every episode, but it's really great to go back and watch old episodes. So I had been doing that. And, you know, I obviously think this season is a little lackluster. Um, Portia is my favorite housewife of all time. Okay. So the, her leaving... Um, was a big deal and I don't think that the the spin-off situation was like great but I still watched it because I love her and I did just hear her on Watch What Happens Five and I would welcome her back. I think Atlanta needs a little Phaedra, a little Portia. They need something. You know, I know the situation with Kim, I don't know if she would ever come back, but yeah, it's just a little like slow moving for me and not great. I kind of echo what you said. Yeah, I feel like the problem, even though we all asked for it was Marlo getting a peach. I know. It really is. We asked for it. We wanted it. And now we got too much of her. And I feel like she has a problem in that she has these outbursts. And we saw it towards the end of the episode, you fell asleep, but she she went on this blind date. And on the way to the blind date, she FaceTimed Drew acting like everything was normal. And Drew's like, wait, last time I saw you, you were like screaming at me. And I we need to like, in order to move forward, like I need an apology from you for how you treated me. And Marlo was kind of annoyed that Drew wanted she was like, Oh, I thought because you were from Chicago that like it it's like okay to say fuck you. It, I don't know. The whole thing was crazy. And then she <laughs> was like, you know, I'm from Florida. We talk like that. I'm like, stop blaming like where you're from and yeah. using it as an excuse for why you curse people out and have yeah. these absolute meltdowns on people. You know, like, and then you expect everyone to just accept your apology and move forward. But the truth is, if you keep behaving this way, having these outbursts, people don't want to forgive you and they don't want to spend time with you. And she can't seem to control her outbursts or at worst, she's putting them on because she thinks it's what we want to see. 
Yeah, I, I feel like it could be a little bit of the latter. You know, I definitely think things, um, you know, it was a little darker than we expected, I feel like. Like, I kind of feel like, you know, Marlo as a friend of, we, I mean, I always wanted her to get a peach. So you're right. It's kind of like we asked for it and then we got it and it maybe wasn't what we thought, you know. And I think kind of seeing it in that context and kind of like the popping off and the, the yelling and stuff, it's, you know, it just, it was like, you know, it's obviously like a little dark and I, I love the family situation with her, um, you know, and seeing that, but then even like with the, you know, kicking the nephews out and like yeah. her arguments with candy and like, you know, I think it just kind of came to a place where, you know, sometimes it's like, I think we watch these shows to escape. So when it happened in New York too, when it just got like so dark, you know, and it's not that you don't care. It's like you become invested in these people. And I know some of it is like their character, but it does kind of take away from like when you're watching the show that like, it just doesn't seem fun anymore. And I feel like Marlo always used to kind of be that character and we want to know more about her life, but I definitely feel like, you know, it could be maybe she thinks that this is what she should be doing. I mean, even this season with the, it's so tragic and very unfortunate about her nephew, but kind of how she's bringing it up to Candy when like Candy oh, showed the, the text that was, and um, died by gun violence. Yeah, was yeah. killed. Which, by the way, I think there's like a narrative out there that like they he was working there at the time, and I think he had stopped working there, and he the, uh, the person who his roommate who killed him was like not working there either like I think they had been so I see her point that maybe Candy should have reached out or sent flowers like I understand it's like someone in the business that you would want to do that for a former employee but I also feel like I'm not really sure where she's like getting this storyline from all of a sudden because we see her right after it happened like at Candy's and she doesn't say anything nor does she say right. anything over text. I think it's so a part of me convenient is, yeah. sort of like mm-hmm. I'm bringing this up now because I mm-hmm. decided that it's time for Candy to go down because she doesn't share as much as I think she should share on the show. Right. And I definitely agree that like when I was watching that first episode when they were talking about um, what is her nephew's name that's the chef? Like Melvin or... I don't remember... Yeah, he's like the chef because he was on um, Old Lady Gang, like the, I know. the spinoff. I remember because he, I don't remember his name, but I remember him and what he looks like because he was sitting there and he had like a cast yeah. on and the production yes. was like, are you not going to talk about it? Like, come on. Um, and I had no idea that that had happened until that episode. And then I Googled it and I was like, wait, what? So obviously it was kind of kept under wraps and she obviously wasn't really going to talk about it on the show. So I see the point, you know, that Marla wants her to talk about it, but. And I want her to talk about it. I think there was, there's a moment that I feel like was missed on the show where rather than talking about the fact that so many people on the show have had relatives or friends that were victims of gun violence and like what that feels like and how that is actually a very common thing in the United States. One in five Americans knows someone close to them who died as a result of gun violence. So, um, and that's a new study that came out like just two months ago by the Kaiser Family Foundation. So this is a common thing, but for whatever reason, it has been painted by them, I guess they've internalized like, oh, it's ghetto. This is a ghetto situation. And we don't want to be that. So we don't want to be tied to this like violence. And I hate when they use those words against each other, because it's like this happens in so many communities. And 
talking about how it impacts you is, I think, more interesting to the audience and more we can learn than you being like, I'm not going to talk about it because I don't like what it says about me, you know? Yeah. And I especially don't really even see the connection of like what Candy and Todd would specifically have to do. I, I agree that I think gun violence is a good giant ginormous problem in this country period among all types of people in all different places in this country so yeah I think it would it would definitely have like been a little bit better if she was sharing it and talking about it kind of openly and saying how awful it was that that had happened I don't think in any way I would think if that happened at a restaurant like oh that's the owner creating that vibe right I wouldn't think that you know crappy I don't think that's an insane I think that's like I think that's an insane thing to to say. Yeah, unless it was candy <laughs> with the gun, you know, right, like right. Then she's the creating. Yeah, then 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 she's creating it. But otherwise, like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what that would have to do with anything. And I didn't love who is the friend, Courtney, Courtney the one that candy like gets. Yeah, trying to get like Marlo a gun that about her. Yeah, her concert and like who came and like whatever. I felt like that was <sighs> yes. terrible. Yes, she was like, oh, she brings the ghetto. Yeah, this whole narrative, I hate when these women like try and tear each other down in that way, when really this is something that like at least three of them have shared experience on that they could actually right. bond over. Like, that's what I'm looking for, the shared experience of like having someone close to you get shot and many situations dying and talking about that rather than it being like, you know, I, I don't know. And this is what Marlo does. If she sees someone behave in a way that she doesn't like, she acts out rather than being like, hey, Candy, I feel like you just don't want to talk about this. But this is something that I've experienced. This is something that Drew's experienced. Like, let's have a conversation or I don't know, in some different way. Yeah, I think if she had approached it differently, I think it might have been an entirely different conversation. But that's why it feels a little storyline esque not to say that it didn't happen to her and it wasn't a tragedy, just kind of like it feels like she's bringing this up now on the tail end of what happened at Blaze and then kind of like linking them together. But instead of talking about it in a positive manner, it feels like this dramatic storyline trying to rile Candy up, you know, and fight with her instead of having like a actual conversation, you know. Definitely. About... Do you have thoughts on Sheree and Candy and what Sheree is telling Candy about how I've always supported you and all of your businesses and all of your endeavors and I do she by Sheree and you come out and you say mean things about it, like you disparage my, you know, brand. Like, and I think Candy is saying, I'm not saying anything no one else has said, like your website no. crashed, <laughs> your stuff is I like... <laughs> mean, it's hard to be on Sheree's side. I mean, we all we all are <laughs> on her side. I mean, I wanted to go, I looked on the website and I remember thinking about getting something and then there was all crazy reviews about how like people weren't getting it. It came in crazy packaging. You know, it was like they ordered six things and one thing came and you know, regardless, like, I think everyone's thrilled for her that that she finally got some things on the market and people want them. But I it's really hard to be on her side in this conversation because I think all candy is, I mean, shady or not shady. I really think she's just kind of saying the truth, you know, and when I did see the part where she, she said something to her about like candy's website and like her stuff not being great. And she's like, well, at least I you can get it. Like, at right. least it, when you right. order it, it comes, you yeah. know. 
the thing. She's kind of just stating the facts. I mean, we all know that that happened. I feel like anytime Andy has asked Sheree that question on like a reunion or like on Watch Women's Live, she just kind of skirts it as if like she's just, if she just ignores that it happened, that like no one will like notice. And also like, didn't she go to BravoCon and not have, there was like no way to order. Yeah. Like she had a booth and then there was like no way to order it. There was, or you couldn't get it there. You would have to like order it, but it wasn't something that was easily orderable. Also the price points that she had on her stuff for them to be crappy at bad quality, bad customer service, and then also expensive is insane. I was, I would have totally ordered something if it was, functional you know i ordered that lala Me kent too. sweatshirt once i heard that she oh so did my, so did my <laughs> that she was yeah, able to yeah. make a down payment on a house i was like this yes. is exactly what i want to support a single mom being able to provide yes. for her kid and i heard that the sweatshirts are really good quality it took forever to come but i did email them after like 20 something days and was like hey Still haven't gotten it. What's going on? Got a response within 24 hours. It was shipped like the next day and it showed up and it's the most comfortable sweatshirt I own. Yeah, it's a really good sweatshirt. My wife literally ordered it. It took a while, but it came and, you know, I did the something about her. um, I have that too. That came that came very quickly. People will order your merch if you if you actually, you know, make it good right? Like people will pay. That's what's so frustrating is that like Sheree has a market already. She doesn't have to work to get people interested in her brand. People have been interested in her brand for like 13 years and she just fumbled it in such a big way and then continued and continued and to this day continues to fumble. I still hear about crap and people trying to order stuff. So, okay. (laughs) Let's uh, chat about Orange County. So I'm not sure where you are with it, but I am so here for it. I enjoyed this week's episode so much. I almost wanted yeah. to watch it again. I laughed so hard. Um, wanted to kind of go through it uh, bit by bit. But overall, where are, how are you feeling about this season of Orange County? Well, I love that Tamara's back. She's always been one of my faves. Um, even when she is controversial, Tamara is one of my absolute favorites. So I love that she's back. Um, I definitely feel like, uh, Emily has kind of snuck up. Like I kind of always liked her and that it was the Emily and Gina, you know, the Casita, whatever the nickname was. That was so funny. Um, that, but I definitely feel like, you know, I think Emily's really great. I think the storylines are good. I think it's like, I just, I think it's back. I think OC is back and I'm here for it as well. I feel like the episodes have getting, been getting better and better. I did watch this week's and it was definitely like kind of laugh out loud funny in, in parts, I agree. Um, no, I'm here with you. I, Tamara wasn't my favorite. I used to have an issue with her, but now realize that she's integral to Orange County and yeah. have watched, have listened to her podcasts and actually think she's much more likable on the podcast than she's ever been on the show. Um, want to get your thoughts on the new housewife, Jen, and her boyfriend, Ryan. The ladies are giving her a really hard time about the fact that she started her relationship with Ryan while she was still married to her ex and for, you know, being unfaithful. What kind of are your thoughts on them as a couple and on her as a housewife? 
I mean, I'm not sure about her as a housewife yet. I'm not sure that I'm like completely sold. I think we haven't like met enough of, of Ryan yet. I think he's like around, but you know, I can see Gina's point about Jen, you know, because for her, she was cheated on. So I think obviously I'm not really sure why Jen seems to be hiding it. I mean, I like the Margaret approach of it all from Jersey, you know, where yep. she just says like, this is how we met. This is what happened. I mean, it happens all the time. That's the craziest thing about the Vanderpump rule stuff. It, I get that it happens all the time. It was the level of like lying and secrecy about it that I think is like so shocking to everyone. And I think like that's in this case, I wish she would just kind of say like, clearly they overlapped and clearly she was with him. I, I don't know if she tried to send her then husband out to get a job you know, Oklahoma. with her family on purpose. Yeah, I don't know. If she's, much to Vicky's chagrin about Oklahoma. I don't know if she tried to send him to Oklahoma or not, but I do think like there was definitely an affair going on. The only thing I just don't like in general, I see Gina's point, but I don't like when it becomes kind of a sexist thing. Like women can't cheat as like men cheat all the time. And then it's just like, oh, men cheat, but women cheat. And it's like, you're you know, a home wrecking whore, you know, yeah. it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I want that to be out there about her or Margaret or any women that are brave enough to kind of come forward. So my guess is that maybe she's holding back a little bit because she doesn't want people to think it, but then Tamara's blowing up her spot, which, you know, makes for great TV as well. <laughs> what do you think but about yeah, I, the fact that Ryan has cheated on everyone he's ever been with, but claims he won't with Jen? Yeah. I mean, we all know how that turns out, <laughs> you know, I mean, I would like to say like, listen, you know, everybody makes mistakes and you can cheat in the past and you can turn over a new leaf and not do it with the, if you're with the right person, I like firmly believe that. Or maybe it's just like when you mature enough, you know, and you'll stop. But, you know, I do feel like we have heard this story before and if it's everyone you've ever been with, but I guess we shall see. We shall see. Well, one thing I thought was interesting that I haven't really seen a lot of discourse on was that Gina and her ex, Matt, so they were involved in a domestic dispute where he really hurt her and she called the police and he um, has a felony conviction of domestic violence as a result. She testified against him and she said she did it because she wanted her kids to see that bad actions have consequences. But yeah. now that he has this conviction, he can't work at the kind of job that he had before where he was making a lot of money. He probably can't pay the type of child support or alimony that she wants. And now she's like, hmm, I'm going to work with a lawyer to get his record expunged, which to me would only teach your kids that if you have enough money and enough resources, you can make, you can commit bad actions and you can get away with them. But (laughs) I also hear what she's saying is that it's not good for the family because she shares custody with him to have him in the scenario that he's in. But do you have thoughts on that? I I feel like no one's talking about it. Um, I do think that their relationship has like significantly improved, you know, over time, obviously going through something like that and then sharing the, the children and raising a family. So I can kind of see like what you just said, like that you, I can see where she would kind of say, wait a minute, like this happened to me and it's important that I report it. But now I'm seeing the effects 
that it's had on our family. But I also agree that, you know, it's not the greatest example for the kids, but we wouldn't want them completely at odds. And, you know, he obviously, it sounds like is, you know, very remorseful and they have moved on from it as a, you know, couple. So I think, you know, if she feels like this is the right thing, I agree. I don't think there's a lot of discourse out there about it though. Um, but if, you know, it's kind of just swept under the rug that all of a sudden they're co-parenting and everything's fine and then it wasn't really talked about. But I do feel like the details of what happens, you know, were kept secret. I just could, you can sense that it was very bad because of like the kind of level, emotional level she was at and the fact that she went through with, you know, pressing charges. Yeah, I think that in some of the articles, there was like Us Weekly articles that said that he like dragged her by her hair, like down the stairs, out of the bathroom, like punched her. It was um, horrific. So, but I'm just kind of... And and then it goes back to like this is clearly not the same thing as what Stasi and Kristen did, but right. they were punished in 2020 for something that happened a couple years earlier, and now it's 2023, and people seem to want them back on TV. If majority of people, right. that, I don't know. I mean, at least from what I see online. So who knows what most people think? Like, how long is enough to punish someone is also a question you know, before, if they seem to be making an attempt, and I'm not going to comment on Stasi and Kristen's attempt or on Matt's attempt, right. but like to make things right or better. Um, but I just think it's an interesting question, like how, what, how severe of punishment is severe, is like good enough and how long should it go on? I think Yeah, I agree because I do think like people make mistakes, you know, people say horrible racist things all the time people do you say you know anti-semitic things they say homophobic things and it's not it shouldn't be accepted but we need to try to change the narrative and make people learn and understand you know i obviously think that there are crimes that are bad enough that you should be you know canceled forever but i do think like yeah i can't answer like when is the timeline but you you know you should wonder if people are if they really seem to be making actual strides if they really seem sincere you know, I do think we probably have to have a time where we can come back now. That would be Bravo's decision. But that is an interesting point that you make that Matt is actually on TV and he committed the domestic violence mm-hmm. and he's being filmed. He's not a major character, but he is being filmed and is on the show. You know, so it is kind of an interesting thing. And my my guess is that Bravo asked Gina's permission before that happened, you know, and so she yeah. probably obviously like allowed it, you know. What's so she feels comfortable with it and she can forgive him that I feel like maybe, you know, the rest of the world can follow suit because that's obviously something where she now feels safe with him, you know, and I know with Sheree and Bob and there was, mm-hmm. you know, she was focusing and same thing had happened and she talked about the abuse. So like if these women are these strong women are saying that they, you know, feel comfortable and that they're moving past it, then I suppose the rest of us should as well, you know, I yeah. like the it the Stassi Kristen thing has to come from like faith and like, you know, the comments that were made and if there can be some like forward moving progress and some, you know, regret for, you know, realizing why what they did is bad, you know? Totally. Um, what's interesting about mapping films is that he refused to be filmed the first season Gina was on when they were actually married because of his yeah, job. Yeah, because he how, was cheating on her. He yeah. was cheating on her and his job was 
where he thought it would not be good for his job. And then now look at all these like, things that have happened. And he's like, I know. Yeah, okay, I'll be on camera. I'm like, what? And he might have been smart enough to realize, too, maybe it had nothing to do with his job, but maybe he just knew he was cheating. And he probably mm. knew that if he was being filmed on a reality show that they were going to catch it. So, I mean, that could have been... I remember, too, thinking that that was so strange that we never saw him that Not season. And then there was all those... That, like, pictures of him in her house in the background, he'd be blurred out in. So crazy. Yeah, and all those rumors that he was gay. Remember there was all that oh, I chatter. remember that. Yep, there was what like a bunch think? of chatter that he was like cheating with a man because they, but I, but I think no one had any information about him. So I think that like any photo or op to try to get him or figure out who he was at the time was probably like fodder for gossip. What do you make of the sort of allegations that keep coming out in so many franchises of like, oh, your husband's gay? Like what? <laughs> It's it's kind of a trope almost at this point. Yeah. But I don't I know. think it's a very like lofty thing to throw out there. Also, like the umbrella of like gay is kind of getting a little antiquated. You know, I mean, right. it, the queer umbrella is kind of where everyone's at and identifying. There's many identifiers underneath that. And I don't think that everyone I've personally never thought that anyone was, you know, I'm bisexual I always have been. I'm married to a woman. Nothing is going to change that. When I was younger, bisexual was the the identifier. You know, we didn't have a pansexual or other choices. But I feel like, you know, it's about the person, not about the gender. And I think that there's, it's very antiquated to think that somebody would be only straight, you know? So like it, these men could be doing something or they could not. It just seems to be that like women can, you know, be filmed or making out with other women. And it's like a joke. It's like, remember the Vanderpump like sleepover where all the girls were like making yeah. out. And it's like, you know, that's like a cute joke or it's hot or it's this. And then it's like, if a man is even like with another man or they appear to be too comfortable, there's always like the gay rumors, which I feel like is just so, it's just so 20 years ago. Like that's, you know, so I well, think it's always interesting. And especially if it's like a good looking man, like Ralph is a good looking man. So it's like, oh, is he gay? And it's like, I, I mean, I don't know anything about him. We don't know who he went to Florida to cheat with. But, you know, like who's to say? And who's to say that he couldn't be something besides straight and mm-hmm. like both genders. So it's, it's always an interesting thing that people throw that around. Speaking of being bisexual and also something that happened 20 years ago, Taylor Armstrong (laughs) came out as (laughs) bisexual and said that she had been in a five-year relationship with a woman prior to marrying Russell. And that was in when they were in Montana, just sitting around after going on the mechanical bull, wondering like what you make of this revelation. I didn't know it. What? Wait, when did she come out with this? I did not. I did not hear though. What? That was this week in the episode. Oh, was it on this week? Well, maybe I missed that. Maybe I like missed part of the episode. I like literally just watched it. Um, yeah, I, I, that was news to me that you just said that. Um, I think I make of that that it's a lot of women's experiences. They just don't like to talk about it, or maybe people don't want to label themselves as being bisexual. I mean, I often use the word lesbian, and it's not like I'm using it in any form of disrespect. It's just that, you know, I've been married for almost five years. We've been together for almost 11. So, you know, I'm with a woman, so you don't think about it. But I do think, like, sometimes bisexuals are 
overlooked in the grand in a grand equation and everybody just assumes that you're gay either one way or the other um so i do think that sometimes it's hard i think it's e- much easier for women to come out as bisexual than men um i think no one tends to believe men which i think is unfortunate um but i do think that a lot of women don't want to be labeled so she probably just never brought that up before but yeah i i that's very interesting i did not know i mean i think ariana's always been very you know open about being bisexual after a certain you know year of watching we kind of always knew that about her so um i think it's brave when anyone comes out in any way yeah it made me really happy that taylor was open with everyone and she's so comfortable talking about it so that I don't know. It kind of warmed my heart. I've, but you're right. We need to be more open to all people who identify as bisexual, including men. Um, yeah. So speaking of Taylor Armstrong, let's get to my favorite part of the episode, <laughs> which was her and Heather's like fight about a part in this movie. Oh my god. <laughs> This is like exactly what I watch Housewives for. The back and forth in this was so funny to me. Like Taylor is just like, I left the script out for her and she left it on the table. And can you believe? And she tells Tamara. And then when she confronts Heather, Heather's like, this makes no sense. This was not even offered to me. There was no contract. No one called me from production you know like this wasn't your part to offer but then everyone thinks that heather talks down you know to taylor and every everyone has experienced heather talking down to them so yeah they seem to kind of side with taylor but i thought that heather is the one that made sense in this (laughs) what about you? yeah i mean it's I mean, I don't know because I think she was just being she was being extra for lack of like a better word. Um, I feel like she like it was very like circa Gretchen with the what was the the TV show that they both oh, read Malibu for. Country. Yes, Malibu Country. It was reading like it was giving like Malibu Country vibes. Um, through this like whole thing and whether she got whatever, but Heather was just also being like you could kind of tell she thought she knew more than the Broadway actress who had come to be the coach like it was Mm -hmm. kind of like oh I've done all this before and like you kind of tell like she thought she knew better in that and then like when Taylor was reading you could kind of tell that like Heather was like giving her pointers like as if she was the coach as if she's had these like giant acting experiences so like in that vein it's like classic Heather where I feel like yes she was being condescending um but I do think, yes, there was, like, Taylor saying, like, you got this part is not the same as, like, anyone from the actual movie saying you got this part with no contract, with no, like, producer calling her. She did say something that was, like, really dramatic. She said, like, well, there was no, like, retake times. Remember she said oh, that? Oh, yeah. Like, like, I don't, yeah, I don't know the film industry. I don't industry. even know what that is. Yeah, me neither. But it just seems like, obviously, it's when they, like, make time to reshoot a scene. But I was like, oh, that's dramatic. Like, the way she said, like... The way she talks about was- it. She was, I think, a, a decent actor. Or, like, a, not decent in her skill level, but the amount of experience that she had. In the 90s, she was in a ton of sitcoms and dramas and TV shows. You know, it was one-off characters. But this whole narrative of like, I put my life and my dreams on hold to have a family. It's like, you could have worked. Like, there's nothing that would keep you from 
getting a job like here and there. I mean, maybe it's hard to stay in, but if you're on housewives, people know who you are. It's not that hard. I don't know. Well, especially since she had the housewives platform, like before that and the break she took, like while the kids were probably like being raised, that's different, but like, yeah, but like since she's been on housewives, I'm sure that would be like the most opportunity that she'd be afforded way more than from, you know, before she was famous only being on like those, several TV shows, you know. Yeah. It's the whole thing is just funny to me because I feel like she keeps going back to this like, oh, I used to be this actress and then I took time off yeah. to be a mom and I'm like, how many years are we going to do this where this is your storyline? Like, and they keep just... showing the one headshot, just the one headshot that she one. has, like yeah. that one from like 1989 <laughs> with her hair done like that. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like really I don't I have never like IMDb'd her, but I've feel like she was really only on like a couple things and it's you know she's in a number of things but it's just not big parts right you know but it's still not easy to get those little parts and so you know kudos to her for that or caduce as ramona would say (laughs) (laughs) but i still am like okay either go and get parts in films and tv shows and stop complaining about how you put your life on hold or yeah. just admit that you're done, right? It's the like, way she's saying it, too. Kind of like, had she not put her life on hold, she would be Meryl Streep. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's kind of like the insinuation of what she's saying about it. It's not really like that we don't feel for her that like she could, you know, like, I get it. And you were doing it. And then you had to raise your children. And now it's hard to get back into. But, you know, she kind of insinuates that like, she, her, her trajectory of her career would be Mer- Meryl Streep adjacent. Oh, my God. You're so right. That's exactly what it is. It's not like, oh, I yeah. put my career on hold. And that's the issue. It's that had I not done that, guess where I would be? Right. She's funny. Yeah. She's funny. We really? need her. I appreciate her. I appreciate what she <laughs> brings to this show. I appreciate her family. I love her family, actually. Yeah. But um, her attitude and just how easy it is for her to make people feel small is something yeah. that is so funny to me because they're all giving her that power. You don't have to feel yeah. bad about yourself because someone talks down to you. You can be mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's crazy. I'm not yeah. dealing with you. Right. But they all yeah. internalize it. And also how much money she has. Yes, she does. So like we, But we need, we need that. We need housewives real money. Like that's what we tune in to see. You know, I want a button in my closet that says push here for champagne, you know. <laughs> I, but <laughs> I love it. She's like bringing her kids to college and they're on a private jet. <laughs> I can't. And then they're talking about the food in the, like, how's the food in the, in the mess hall, like the cafeteria. And they're like, you know, I heard it's pretty good. It's like, oh my God. With their like private chef making them their last dinner before they go, you know. Oh, she's oh. just too much. And in, in the way that I watch Housewives for, I appreciate it. I wonder, do you think that she's going to be talking or if her son is open to it about his journey? I know he's still so young. I think he's like 12, but coming out as a being trans and yeah. that whole story. Do you think we'll see that? I hope, I hope she talks about it. You know, I think there's such a crazy narrative in this country that children that young couldn't possibly know. And I think that there, nothing could be farther from the truth, you know, and children do know at that age. And it is very important for us to protect the trans community 
Um, it's something that's like very near and dear to my heart. And I think that it would be great to watch that on TV. Obviously, they're going to want to protect them because they're so young. Um, but yeah. I feel that if Heather uses it, I think she's done a good job so far with her other children that I would be very pleased to see that reaching audiences that I think it should reach because no one is out of touch with this. You know, if you are a parent and you have a, chi- a young child, you know, no one knows. And I think that it is a subject matter that needs to be talked about more and kind of put more on the spotlight without violating the rights of the child, you know, but. Yeah. I would worry about the kid and how he might be subjected to treatment online, but he also may be young enough that they keep him from being online. Right. So I don't know. It's, I don't, it's a benefit risk. And maybe she could talk about it in like a, you know, not film, but like then only speak kind of, about them and, you know, struggles. I don't know, you know, it might be able to be, but of course you, you wouldn't want anyone to not be protected, but I do think we need to listen to children when they tell us things. Yes. So. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm there with you. And yeah. it's what, what I actually loved about, I think it was the first episode where they show her family and it just says Ace, Heather's son. Without any yes. explanation, without any, you know, and it's just like normalized. And I'm like, this is how it should be. Like, this is yeah. his name. This is how, her, how he identifies as her son. And she accepts that. And, you know, let's, but it's just such a hot topic right now in the US, in the UK, in so many places that it would be nice to hear a personal anecdote rather than people who don't have personal experience with it, making assumptions about what's right or what's wrong or what should be or what shouldn't be. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, the the fact that we're down to like, we're still talking about restrooms. I mean, it's just, I mean, literally that that's still where some people are at, like, you know, restrooms, being able to be used by someone who identifies as another gender. It's just wild that that's where we're still at, but we have so far to go. And you're right. It is a very hot topic and there, you know, there's just a lot, but I know that the trans community needs to be protected more than any other community in the LGBTQ world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're the most at risk. So, so, well, <laughs> I don't want that to be what we end on. But I know, sorry. I was like, we got kind of serious there, yeah. No, I appreciate it. I talk about this. I think it's an important topic. Um, but want to just kind of get your overall thoughts on like where you think we're at with Orange County. Do you feel like we're back? Are we almost back? Is it sort of, do you miss the heyday of it? You know, kind of just overall thoughts on this season. I mean, I hate to say it, but I'm very glad Vicky's kind of gone or downgraded to just she's coming back but as a friend yeah i the downgrade to the friend is kind of where i think like he should be um i don't i don't know if we're like fully back into the heyday but i still feel like it is more back than we've been and it's i think it's been like a joy to watch and i agree with you too heather being back it also adds something that like we've needed and I think Tamara being back, we needed that. I like that Eddie's back. I like that Shannon's still there. And obviously now, like, you know, with her breakup after the season with John, you know, there'll, there'll be another 
kind of storyline with that. But um, like I said, I, I really like Emily. I've always liked Emily and Gina together. I think Gina's really great. I think after she fixed her hair, she has been a million, <laughs> a million bucks. I think that um, I'm really enjoying it. So I hope it's back. I hope it's back too. I feel like this new housewife has a lot of potential because she just sort of fits the mold. She just has to find her footing as a housewife. She seems to be a little bit caught off guard, almost like a deer in headlights and how Tamara is talking to her. But um, I'm assuming that she probably thought she was legit friends with Tamara and Tamara would never say negative things about her Mm -hmm. or her her boyfriend or whatever. Um, But Clearly, she maybe, I don't know what what she's seen from Housewives Past, but Tamara lays it on to pretty much everyone. She really goes into people hard. I mean, Tamara knows how to play this game. She knows what to do. She's done it for years. So, yeah, I mean, she probably should have realized that that was going to happen, but I could also see how she wouldn't. But you're right. There's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of, like, me, like, her family story is all very interesting, um, and you know, the husband's still kind of like living there when he comes back and <laughs> there's, you know, so interesting there's, to there's me. a lot, there's a lot there. Yeah. And I think like, especially if we kind of get some controversy between her and Tamara, I, I think there's more to, more to come from Jen. I'm, I'm waiting for that. The preview for next week shows that Tamara like shares some information about Ryan and how when Ryan first mm-hmm. started coming to cut fitness, he looked at Tamara and was like, yeah, I'm going to fuck her. So he's clearly. And I believe Tamara. (laughs) I believe her. This is like this guy's reputation. So, what makes him different now? And, you know, he's also around her kids. He seems to be sort of a semi father figure to them, too. Like, what will this all do if he cheats? Mm hmm. We're all going to wait and watch it. <laughs> train we are going to watch it play out on TV now that she signed up to do the show. So we Definitely. will all be watching. We'll <laughs> so be crazy. Watching. Well, Kelly, thank you so much. Tell everyone, first of all, where they can find your bar, especially if they're in the D.C., Virginia, Maryland area, and also where they can find you and your bar on social media. Yeah, we are on the corner of 18th and U in the bottom of Adams Morgan, which is a pretty popular district or section of DC. Um, and we are Duplex Diner. Um, it's 18th and U Duplex Diner. And on Instagram, we are at Duplex Diner. Um, that is us on all of the socials, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, and yeah, we'd love a follow, stop by anytime. We'll open all weekend for brunch um, all morning and dinner all night. And we have dinner all during the weekend. Of course, you came to our trivia night, which is one of my favorite. That's Smart Ass Trivia. Um, and we do it every Wednesday. Um, and you can make reservations online. Our website is duplexsigner.com. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. I'm so glad to have you on. And we will chat soon, especially when I'm back yeah. in D.C. I'm not in D.C. right now, but I need to stop by Duplex when I yes. am there. Yeah, come back anytime. And thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. This was so much fun. We will chat soon. Okay, great. <laughs>